Hello and welcome to The Raptor Show on Sportsnet. I'm your host, Wim Lu. Uh, for today's episode, I have a pair of interviews to present. Uh, first with uh, Summer League head coach Pat Delaney, who has uh, joined coach Darko Ryakovic as uh, one of his lead assistants uh, here in Toronto. Uh, Pat, um, we went through his career. We went through um, just his thoughts on the team, sort of what he expects uh, in terms of working with Darko and the rest of the roster. Uh, tried to get some information out of him in terms of how they want to play, the style of play, all that kind of stuff. Uh, generally speaking, uh, coaches don't talk about that that often. Um, they're just not trying to quote unquote give away secrets. And honestly, at this point, it's so far out that I wouldn't be too surprised if all the plans weren't completely uh, dialed in, especially considering that the Raptors might have some roster changes, uh, especially with Pascal Siakam. If you haven't heard the news already, I uh, had a great chat with Grange on the previous episode, so go check out that one as well. Um, but yeah, I had a, ch- a chance to chat with Pat. I uh, got to know him a little bit. You know, I think it's generally fairly rare for the Raptors to um, allow access to their assistants. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we're down here at Summer League. He's head coach, so, um, you know, he's going to be made available on, the, on that front. But uh, no, it's just always good to sort of pick their brains and get to know him a little bit. I think even when these guys get chances to go for head coaches like that like yeah obviously like when darko got announced as one of the candidates for example for the raptors head coaching's job um everyone was sort of looking for all these interviews with him and there's like three or four of them out there right and um obviously he's gonna be doing a lot more media now that he's head coach but for a lot of these guys like if they get these head coaching opportunities whether that's interviews or actually getting hired like I think it's just important to get assistant coaches these touches so you can get to hear what they're like and get a sense of who they are and, and what their vibe is. And yeah, I mean, just met Pat today, but uh, yeah, he was he was great to speak to. So I'm going to give you this interview with uh, Pat Delaney first and foremost, and then we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back after the break, I have an interview also with Marquise Noel, the Raptors five foot seven point guard who... If you've been watching Summer League for the Raptors, it's been two positives. There's been Grady Dick and, and Marcus Noel. And so got to talk to Marquise. He's a bit of a soft-spoken kind of guy, uh, really humble, but also at the same time, uh, you know, shared some really insightful things in terms of how he approaches the point guard position. So that'll be after the break. But first, Raptors Summer League head coach, Pat Delaney. Okay, we are at Las Vegas Summer League. This is post-Raptors practice on uh, Wednesday. We're here with coach pat delaney pat how you doing i'm doing great well i appreciate you having me on good to see you good to see you as well um so how have the practices been here obviously this is a very unique setup you guys are in here in a ballroom lots of cameras and tech and all that kind of stuff so just walk me through some of the, the practices you guys have been able to have here yeah we've had a really good uh really good practice really competitive practices as you talked about i know all, all your fans out there all of our fans can't see it but in terms of the space we got two full nba courts yep we got our noah shooting system we got shot clock, game clock, uh, just like we were at home, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest with you. And uh, we're really fortunate, taking full advantage of it, not just with our summer league guys, but with our vet guys as well. Awesome, awesome. So I, I wanted to ask a couple questions in terms of how you got started here. Um, do you have a connection with, with Coach Darko? Because you're obviously joining his staff. Yeah, so Coach Darko and I actually go back, uh, I think it was like 2013, 2014. Uh, we were both head coaches in the G League or right. the D League at that time. Uh, that's how old we are. Um, I was in Sioux Falls, the head coach for Miami right. uh, uh, D-League team, and he was in Tulsa with Oklahoma City. And uh, we just competed against each other, had a mutual respect, and then we just kind of followed each other career paths throughout. You know, as he moved around, we'd 
always catch up and grab coffee before a game if we're playing each other, get a chance to talk a little bit before his game. And uh, obviously super excited, super happy for him. Uh, deserved, but also earned as well for him to have this opportunity. And obviously grateful for him and Masai and Bobby to give me an opportunity to join this organization and be part of the staff. What was, uh, what was Darko's pitch uh, for you to come join him? Yeah, you know, honestly, I wasn't much pleasure. I know him as a person okay. uh, in that relationship piece and just kind of telling me his vision, his plans, what he was thinking, organizationally, all those types of things. Uh, those were the things that really drew to me. And then I'm a big re- relationship person, and having a relationship with him and watching this organization from afar, I had a lot of respect for them and I was competitors. I was in Orlando when we played you guys in, uh, in the playoffs of the year. You guys won it, yep. you know, sort of thing. And to be in that atmosphere, you know, we were fortunate enough to uh, steal game one. And then as the intensity rose throughout, and obviously you guys went on to win it, um, just been a big fan of the organization from afar. Obviously excited and happy to be a part of it now. Yeah, that was a, that was a big three from DJ Augustine. <laughs> Ra- yes. A rare breakdown defensively from Kawhi and Marcus Hall, two defensive player sure. of the year winners. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure you guys were grateful at that time. Yeah, so, I mean, have you guys had, I don't know, put your heads together and already started brainstorming about, like, what the offense is going to look like, what's the defense going to look like? What are some of those points of emphasis that's already sort of being discussed between you guys yeah, on the ju- roster? Yeah, so we've actually been here since July 1st. Uh, so the summer league team didn't right. come in until, uh, I think, it was July 4th. And we spent about three and a half days uh, just meeting and talking, listening to Darko, how he teaches, why he teaches it that way, how he says it. Um, that way, when us as the assistants, we're able to do it ourselves. It's, you know, technically just carbon copy of what he's saying, what he's teaching. Um, and it's a really important piece. It's going to take time, obviously like all things do, but that's why we came in early. We wanted to really try to fast track it. And now we've kind of done some of those things on our own, getting an opportunity to be the head coach for Summer League, all the guys getting an opportunity to help me as well. They've been a huge asset for me and helped me a ton. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build. Obviously, we wish we played better in our first two games. Of course. But we're trying to build it, and it's a day-by-day thing. You can't rush this process. It's about the process, and we're excited to you know see the result when it's all said and done. Right. Yeah, as are we, You know, because I think – in terms of the Raptors' the last couple of years, you know, one of the issues was half-court offense. You know, they were consistently, say, bottom five, bottom six, bottom ten. Even though they're a winning team, winning a lot on defense, but on the half-court offense was a bit of a struggle. Um, I mean, I would love to know if you guys have already gotten into the nitty-gritty in terms of, like, some of the things you can see improving on that front. Yeah, it just really, honestly, and just speaking on what Coach Darko is planning on for our group is just really the spacing, the ball movement, mm. um, you know, and really just the trust part of it. And it's hard. It's hard, right? These guys are the best players in the world for a lot of different reasons. You know, to trust the next pass, to trust even when that guy misses that shot that I'm going to throw it to him again. Right. And that takes time. That takes through these types of work, this type of hours, the sweat equity, and the belief of not just, hey, we're telling you to do it, but why it's important and why it's good for you as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, we believe that, you know, the day of we just say it as coaches. and No, it's important. We build the equity with them. We build that relationship with them. Explain to them why it's good for them and also why it's good for our group. And then hopefully in the long term, we'll see a lot of those uh, dividends paid out. Right, fair. Um, on the defensive side, I feel like coaches love defense. I feel like coaches in general love defense <laughs> more than offense. I don't know why. You guys are you guys are a little sick that way. But I think, um, yeah, defensively, this team has, can get really creative, right? There's a lot of great personnel, a lot of length on the team, a lot of athleticism on the team. Are you already sort of rubbing your hands together and things, thinking of like, there's a lot of creativity that you can bring to this specific defensive group. Yeah, for sure. Just being around, you know, a couple of guys here and then the vets that were in town, you know, uh, as an opponent the last couple of years yeah, and a long yeah. time watching. Now to see it up close, you talked about that length, that versatility, you know, sort of things. And then we're adding guys to the mix, Dennis to the mix, mm-hmm. you know, a really good on-ball defender. Jakob has been elite, really good in pick and rolls. And you got Scotty, you got OG. We can go on and on. 
you know, down the list of guys of, of versatility. But no matter what the scheme is defensively across our league, there's got to be an effort. There's got to right. be an intensity to it. There's got to be a disposition. There's got to be a nastiness to it. Um, and then if it's not working, then you adjust. If you're seeing all those things come into play, it's like, okay, maybe it's just our scheme. We're trying to do it at a really high level. You know, they're forcing us to adjust. That's when you really want to adjust as a coach. You don't want to be falling into adjusting just because we're not getting the intensity and the level of effort that we need. Right. Uh, and that's what we're excited about, obviously, work with this group, get to know these guys, spend time with them, and also hear from them. Hey, what, have you, what do you like? What have you done? And then just bounce it off each other and say, hey, this is what we want to do. This is why we want to do it. This is why it's good for our group. Yeah, that goes back to your point about, you know, building relationships, right, and get building that trust with the players. What better way to get their input on sort of what they're seeing out there and how they want to play as well? Um, no, I think this all sounds really good. Now, I think, listen, as with every coach, we're going to talk about pretty much everything except for the coach, but I want to dig into your career in particular, right, because, you know, you – I was looking up your sort of resume, and, and you started as a video intern in 2001 with the Celtics and then 02 with Miami. Um, yeah, just walk us through, like, 20 years ago. What were your responsibilities at that time? Oh, man, it, it's uh, – to believe it, to, to hear 20 years ago, it was like, wow. Uh-huh. Uh, it's gone so fast. But really, just started at the bottom. You said it. I, I was an intern in Boston when I was in school. Started as an intern in Miami, became a video coordinator for five or six years. They gave me an opportunity to do advanced scouting. I saw the league from a totally different lens, saw coaching yeah. from a different lens. Um, and then I went on, coached the G League team, head coaching experience. What is that? That's like to do it live in game, manage a staff, manage players, all that stuff. Got an opportunity to be an assistant in Charlotte for a long time. Moved to the front of the bench in Charlotte slash Orlando, which with a lot of great players. Went on to DC the last two years uh, with a great head coach and a guy I got a total respect for, Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, it's just part of the journey, but I've never really worried about what the next step is. I feel like I've been very fortunate. Been a lot of people have helped me along the way, mm. given me a lot of opportunity. Um, and my job now is to maximize it, but also help you know the younger coaches that come to the league. As I said, a lot of people help myself. Okay, so definitely a very long career, and, and you've done a lot of different positions. I just want to ask a couple of follow-up questions. Advanced scouting. I feel like to the average NBA fan. I don't know what that means. That sounds sure. cool, but I don't know what that yeah. means. So walk us through. What was the day in the life of an advanced scout? Lonely job. Lonely. It's lonely. Okay, all right. That's you're, you're, you're by yourself. You're ahead of the team traveling, seeing the next couple, two, three, four opponents right. out, watching their games live, getting play calls, which is the number one priority. Okay. This is what they call it, diagramming that play, sending that report back to the assistant coaches and the video guys, and then we're piecing it all together from the play calls. Uh, but it's a lonely job. It's a really hard job, but it's yeah. also – a really job that's super important of course. in terms of preparation. You know, when we play four games in a week, there's not a lot of time to be You're watching all the games. You're like, what do they call that? What do they run? What are their strengths of this team? And those guys really give you a really good advantage and a, a lens of what's coming down the pipe. Uh-huh. And then as you watch the film, it gives you a pretty good picture of, oh, yeah, you mentioned they're, they're a dominant paint team. I see that in the film. Right. And then it's our job to obviously put it all together and then message it in a way to the players of, hey, these are the strengths, these are the weaknesses. This is what we want to do tonight. Let's go out and do it with high energy. That's fascinating because I feel like a lot of fans would love – because sometimes, you know, it's a little simple. You know, sometimes when you look over the sideline and a coach is putting up two on one hand and three on the other hand, you're like, okay, they're probably playing a 2-3 zone. But I'm sure there's other times where it's got to be really clever. I'm sure teams disguise. I'm sure they change it up. I'm sure you guys change it up. Absolutely, you know? yeah. The, the, so, term, the terminology part of it is huge across yeah, our yeah. league. Everybody calls something different. We all run similar stuff uh-huh. on both ends. But to your point, maybe somebody calls it something different. So – 
if we're you know we can get one or two extra play calls and relay that to our players pregame, yeah, you know uh, we're just looking for every advantage possible. That's very cool. Okay, so then yeah, as you mentioned, you were an assistant as well. Can you take us through some of the responsibilities you had? Let's say in Washington, for example, where you most recently worked. Um, what were you responsible for? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I think uh, I've been fortunate everywhere I've been. Uh, it's kind of been all hands on deck, you know, type of thing. So from player development to organizing daily schedules, routines, uh, you know, communicating with our head coach on what we're seeing, what we're hearing, making sure that we're at the forefront of everything before something, you know, even pops. Uh, did a lot, you know, taught offense, taught defense, right. work in practice. Uh, and then to that point, uh, the, the relationship piece, not just with the players, staff dynamic uh, across the organization, uh, other departments, trying to make sure that we're all inter interlocked and uh, everybody's on the same page. And obviously they're in the NBA, I'm sure fans see it. There's a lot of people, mm -hmm. um, but the communication, you can never have too much of it. So if it's over communication, great, as long as everybody knows what we're doing and why we're doing it. Right. No, it's, it's funny because you're talking about this all in depth, and I'm, that's how I imagine the job is. But I think sometimes when people think about it, it's like, this guy's an offensive guy, or this guy's a defensive guy, or this guy's a development guy. Like, everybody's an everything guy. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's, it takes a village to coach the team. They gave me the wrap-up signal, so I wanted to talk about your summer league roster. Um, getting to work with all these guys, but especially Grady and Marquise, who I'm going to speak to right after this, can you speak to sort of what stood out about them in terms of how they work? Yeah, I think just coming in as young guys is, you know, what they call so-called rookies, they're both really good basketball players. Right. You know, sort of thing. And they have a, a disposition, a toughness about them. Their games are growing. We're trying to help them. But I, just to see their overall approach of wanting to learn, wanting to work, you know, eyes wide open, ears wide open, being sponges, you know, and then also asking questions. As I said earlier in the conversation, it's not just, oh, do this, do this. It's, hey, this is why we do it. And, hey, do you, have you seen something? Have you done something different? What mm -hmm. have you learned? It kind of just opens up, helps build that relationship thing. I think that goes really across the board for our whole summer league team. Uh, a lot of guys that are trying to get jobs, be, yep. you know, great competitors. And it's hard when you come into a situation, there's 18 guys on our team, um, that how, how are minutes going to be earned? And obviously we can't play that number of guys. But guys have come to work every day, stayed ready, and you just never know. They're being evaluated on all of it, right? right? Not right. just the basketball piece, how they're acting, how they're you know, uh, communicating, all that stuff, what they're doing on the court, off the court. Uh, and we're just trying to help all these guys maximize their careers, make the most of it. Yeah, and and to your point about the learning and how they're absorbing and growing, this is so much of this summer league experience. Player development's going to be such a big focus, right? Dar Darko talked about it all the time, and I think that it starts here, but it's going to continue throughout the summer. And, uh, yeah, I just look forward to seeing how these players, you know, grow and develop. But, you know, I'm sure the same thing for you guys, growing and developing as coaches. So, Pat, I uh, just want to wish you best of luck. Go get some wins, too. Absolutely, you know yes, I mean? sir. I know you guys are working really hard in here. Yes, well, sir. I'm hoping to see that translate on, uh, what, Wednesday and Thursday. Yes, and sir. Yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast. Appreciate right? it. Thanks for having me. All right. Pleasure. That was our interview with Pat Delaney of the Toronto Raptors. Um, we will take a quick break right here, and then when we come back, I will bring you the interview that I conducted with Marquise Noel. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Raptors show. Um, so first off, thanks to Pat for doing the interview. And now we have Raptors point guard Marquise Noel. Um, obviously, uh, the Raptors are 0-2 as, as we speak. Uh, they will play again on Wednesday and on Thursday. And um, yeah, if you haven't been watching, I mean, just the stats alone don't necessarily pop out. It's not like Marquise is putting up like 30 and 10 the way like a Keontae George is, for example. But, um, you know, Marquise has been 
if you've been watching the games, he's been consistently getting into the lane and kicking out. And I'm liking a lot of the reads that he's making. Obviously, him being undersized uh, makes it a really unique player. So I really want to get into the mind of Marquis, sort of how he approaches the game. And so without further ado, this is Marquis Noel. All right, we're here in Las Vegas with the Toronto Raptors at practice. Uh, joining us on the show is Marquis Noel. Uh, Marquise, man, how, how's summer league been for you so far? I know you guys want the two results, you guys want the wins, but I, yeah. I feel like you're playing well, it, despite the fact that uh, you guys haven't got the wins yet. Uh, summer league has been a good experience, uh, despite losing. Um, you know, you the win is always the most important part of the of playing in the tournament. But you know, it's a good experience um, to get your feet wet, to understand you know what NBA basketball is like, and. You know, just enjoying this time out with my coaches and my teammates. So it's been fun. Yeah, well, um, it's kind of a cliche question, but I got to ask you, like, how are you finding adjustment between college and pro? Like, is there anything that's standing out to you right now? It's like, whoa, this is really different or this is it mostly the same, really? It's just basketball? It's just basketball. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I haven't made a huge adjustment, maybe, you know, around playoff time or when sure. you no know, things spice up. Um, but for right now, it's pretty much just playing basketball. Um you know, we, we've been together for five days. You know, other teams, probably the same. Um, so there's not much attention to detail that we could go over right. and how much, you know, team chemistry we could get with each other. Um, so right now you're just playing a game, trying to get a feel for how the NBA is, is ran um, and just having fun out there. Right. Now, um, now, I wanted to ask you as a point guard, like coming from college to the pros now, there's, there's, more, court, there's more space on the court, right? It's a bigger yeah. court. Are you finding that easier in terms of running offense because there's more room? And then defensively, is that a little harder just because th there's more space to guard? Um, so offensively, there's definitely an advantage um, because there's more space. Um, there's more opportunities for you to score um, and create, you know, plays for teammates. Um, so I definitely like that part. Um, and defensively, uh, I feel like it's kind of the same. It's similar. Um we just have better players now, um, so uh, it's either it's either uh, you're gonna do your work early or um, the player's gonna make you play. So it's just about you know the feel and just right. getting adjusted and acquainted with the NBA. Got you, got you. Okay, so one thing, especially watching you in college, but especially the last two games here in summer league, one thing that's really standing out is like how quickly you read the game. And um, I wanted to dive into that aspect with you, all right? So um, so I, I noticed, for example, you're a really good driver. You get into the lane all the time. You always get paint touches. Um, what are you looking for in terms of deciding when to drive, what direction to drive, and then sort of how quickly to go? Um, I'm just looking at what the defense gives me. Um, if the defense, you know, want to play me high up, I'll, I will use my quickness to get around them and either make a play for myself or somebody else. And if the defense is back, um, I can shoot the ball pretty well, so um, I use that as my advantage. And just just seeing whatever the defense may give me, um, that's how I read it. You know, I'm kind of out there playing chess, um, and, yeah, a lot of the people playing checkers. Right. So, okay, in terms of that, all right, so do you, I don't know, do you find opponents force you left, force you right? Do you mind going left or right? Is that any difference for you? No, nah, I work on both hands at both times. You know, whenever I'm working out, I, if I do one thing with my right hand, I got to do it on my left. So right. I, I'm pretty good at doing both. Um, if they force me left, first of all, I can still go right because okay. you right. you opened up, um, and it's gonna be hard for you to recover 
But going left is, is totally fine with me. Um, I have more opportunities, um, and I'm capable of finishing with my left and, you know, shooting on my left side. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's pretty clear because you get to all the spots that you want to get to, and I think maybe in that way, like, almost being smaller is, like, an advantage on the court because, you know, um, that's got to be an adjustment. A lot of times you're the smallest guy on the court, but you're still able to get to your spots. Um, and I'm curious in terms of, for you, maybe as compared to maybe your former teammates or even your teammates right now, is there a difference in terms of, like, when you got to decide or how you got to change your shot to get your shot off, especially when you're driving? Um, that, that, that will probably be, like, the, probably the main adjustment is just mm-hmm. probably shooting a little quicker. Um, but I work at game speed, so uh, that that would pretty come naturally. Um, and you know, I've been short my whole life, so everybody's right. been pretty much bigger than me. So I found uh, different ways to score, you know, at every level. So I'm pretty sure when I get to the NBA, you know, I'll find you know opportunities and ways to create my own shot or um, create a shot for somebody else. Yeah, because it's pretty clear because you you've really adapted your game. Like you have a lot, you have a variety of finishes, you know, going left hand, right hand, you know, floaters, bank shots, all that kind of stuff. Like, and, and that's really important, obviously, as a smaller guard because you've got to be able to catch guys by surprise or sort of find the space to shoot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, you said it, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, um, you know, the, you, you mentioned earlier you're a pretty good shooter as well, the ability to shoot from three. How important is that as a point guard to open up the rest of your game? Because, I mean... I've seen some of the tape from from Kansas State. You'll shoot from, like, essentially the logo. Yeah. So I want to know, in terms of the shooting, what does that open up for you and in terms of your scoring and also your playmaking? Uh, It opens up the entire floor for me um, because people have to guard me further out, um, and that's when I can use my advantage of my speed and my height and my ability to make plays for other people, um, and that's when I can make them pay. So just shooting a ball is a gift that I really cherish because not a lot of people can shoot you know, the ball at this level. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for it, and I use it, you know, to my advantage. If they want to play me close, go bottom. If they want to back up, I shoot. So I was going to ask, when did you, where did you develop your range, too? Because, again, like, it's, we're not even talking about, like, you've got, you got feet on the line kind of things. Like, mm-hmm. you're often at the logo, and you're pulling up a lot of the time. So when did you learn, A, to stretch out your range, and also, B, well, where does that power from the shot come from? I learned that at a young age, probably about the age of seven. Uh, me okay. and my dad was focusing on shooting further out um, from the logo, and I you just were shooting logo shots at seven. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, Bro, how? Okay, all right. Yeah, Keep I going. used to. I used to. My shot used to be a push shot, but I used to make you know a lot of it. But right. as my body got stronger and developed more, um, it became a jump shot. So, right. Um, yeah, those are the habits that you know allowed me to be able to shoot from the logo. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you, you talk about your, your, your dad, too. So is that who sort of got you involved in basketball and sort of like that's where the love of the game came from? And, you know, can you talk about that? Yeah, my dad and my brother was the first two who um, put the ball in my hands and, you know, showed me the game of basketball. Um, and I enjoyed it, you know, from their experiences and seeing them you know, play the game and, you know, just have fun with it. Um, right. So I just kind of implemented that into my life. No, that's that's really nice to hear, man. Um, you know, I, I, the last thing I want to ask in terms of your reads, going back to that, is, is, is your passing game, right? Because I was watching the other game and whatever, guys were knocking down threes. That's nothing you can really do about that. But there's some creativity. You know, I watched one play where you're running a pick and roll with Moses and you had your eyes on Moses the whole time, but instead you, like, kicked it over to the corner, right, after, and you kind of just, like, 
faked out the defender with your eyes. Or the other one where you kind of think Grady found you on a cut and you sort of threw in a little right, like a rondo pass fake, but then you got the shovel pass off anyway. Mm. Talk to me about sort of your creativity in terms of how you deliver the ball. Because to me, it's not like you just um, make the obvious pass. Sometimes you all also have the ability to occupy two defenders in particular with some of your, your creativity. It's, it's very hard to play against you, I, I imagine. Um, it's just a ton of film, a ton of creativity, like you said. Um, uh, I played uh, I played basketball growing up in New York City, so um, it was just our style of play and right. how we played. Um, we had to be flashy sometimes, but also, you know, as I developed my game, um, I became more simple. So I still have, you know, flashy passes, but yeah. I also have simple passes and you know, my memory and my photographic memory when I'm out there is it's pretty good. I know where people are supposed to be at and, you know, are at, at times. And, you know, I just deliver the pass. I, it's nothing that, you know, I feel like I can't do on that court. Right. So, obviously, coming from New York, New York point guards, such a big thing, right? Um, I'm sure you study tons of point guard in your life in general. So I, I want to hear from, from you. Like, who are your top five point guards personally, that you love to watch, that you've taken things from, you know, pieces of their game to, to incorporate into your own? Um, I'll start with saying my first my first favorite point guard is definitely Stephen Curry. Okay. Um, because of his ability to shoot the basketball from so far and create his own shots. Um, and it came from his workout habits. So I study that. Um, Kyrie Irving, his finishing ability right. around the rim and his craftiness with dribbling the ball. Um, my passing, I really I really don't pass like, you know, anybody. Okay. Um, All right. I, I feel like I that. pass um, differently than everybody else. Um, but if I had to choose somebody, probably CP3. Mm-hmm. Um, Kimba Walker would be at four. Yeah. Um, from because I watched him growing up, um, and he was so accessible um, to me because he was playing in parks and gyms that I was at, um, okay. and he was a March Madness legend. Of course. So I used to watch him, and uh, who, probably Damian Lillard. Right. D. Lillard or Allen Iverson, for sure. Right. So that's a great list, man. Honestly, there's so much you could take from all those guys. So I feel like the point guard is also the most skilled position. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, for sure. You, you got to do the most to sort of get the results there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I want to ask a couple more things in terms of just your experience here at Summer League. So, um, you know, Mo, so for, I was listening to one of the interviews. Yeah, Moses was saying how, like, everybody in New York already knew about you. So, you know, he already was familiar with you before you guys linked up here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just talk to me about that. Like, like being, like... The, the, the point guard out of New York. Like, that's a big, big thing, especially historically. When yeah. did that kind of start for you? Like, when did that attention start to, to catch on for you? Um, it kind of happened uh, sophomore year of high school. Okay. Uh, where I gained a lot of, you know, attention and national attention around the world um, because I, you know, I was playing in parks in New York City, and mm. that's when social media started to really come about. Right. Um, and, you know, I use social media as a platform to grow not only my fan base, but, you know, my my life. Right. Um, and so sophomore year of high school, I, I would say, is where, where it all started. Right. And then thinking about the just the summer league experience, obviously you guys didn't get the results you guys wanted the first two games, but what do you guys got to do a little differently to, to get those results? Uh, I feel like... We just got to come together and compete, you know, at a high level um, and, and just play hard uh, and you know, have fun out there. 
Right. It's really as simple. That's fair. And then, yeah, just super last question. What's your experience been like working with Pat and also working with Darko and the rest of the coaching staff here? Man, I love I love Pat and Darko. Yeah. I mean, two great coaches who have a ton of experience, you know, in the NBA. Um, you know, they they share so much knowledge, you know, with me um, about the point guard position, about the NBA, and you know, they they try to help me as much as possible. And I just want to retain all of that information and keep it with me so that I can continue to keep growing and elevating in my career. Um, but man, I love those. I love those two guys, man. All right, that's that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Very humble, Marquise. Appreciate I said it on the program many times, man. It's very easy to root for you, and I'm gonna be rooting for you here with the Raptors the rest of summer league and going into the season as well. All right. Thank you, my man. Appreciate you. All Thank right. you for having me. Thanks to Marquise for making time for the program. Big thanks to Raptors PR, obviously, for setting this up as well. Um, I'm gonna line up a couple more interviews. Um, Dennis Schroeder is supposed to be speaking to media. Uh, soon he is down here in Vegas and he's already been working out with Darko a little bit. Looks like he got the visa issues and whatever specific, I mean, I guess I'll ask him, but he had some issues. He was initially scheduled to be in Toronto, uh, I believe last Friday. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can actually watch his vlog uh, where he explains sort of the the hellish um, travel nightmares. I don't think it's specific to Canada, um, but regardless, uh, yeah, he, he got into some travel issues. So we will finally get to talk to him um, later this week. Hopefully, lining up an interview with Dennis Schroeder, the Raptors' new point guard. And also I'm hoping to talk to uh, another assistant coach of the Raptors, Jamal Mahalela, who has, uh, you know, literally from Toronto, grew up here, played here, um, and joined the industry here. And then, of course, he went to the Warriors for the last couple of years, and now he's come back to join Coach Darko's staff, really, really steeped in player development. So got a chance to talk to him. But, yeah, uh, for this episode – that, that, that kind of does it for us. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the show. We're going to have more exclusive interviews. And also I'm going to bring you um, some thoughts on some of the relevant um, rookies or prospects, uh, guys like that, that have really stood out here in summer league. I've just been watching like 10 hours of basketball every day. It's been actually just incredible um, for, 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 you know, just a nerd like me who loves basketball. But uh, I think there's going to be a couple of things that are going to be interesting in terms of Guys on the Atlanta Hawks that I've that I've really liked, you know, that's a potential Pascal Siakam trade team. Guys on the um, Orlando Magic that I really like, you know, that's been linked as a Pascal Siakam destination. Guys on the Indiana Pacers in particular that I really like, and also maybe even a couple guys in terms of just like first impressions on the players or even some free agents that the Raptors might consider uh, snagging in terms of in this summer league setting. So, thanks everyone for listening once again, and uh, check back because we'll continue to have daily content throughout the week. 